Are you ready to vibe? You're listening to Creepy Vibes Only. As the sniffling okay. queen of Creepy Wives Only, I welcome you to my throne. <laughs> Okie dokie, ravioli. Ain't don't I'm ready. Okie dokie, artichoke. No, it's ravioli. No, it's not. Kind of French it nonsense. Is. Are you perpetuating? No, it's not. <laughs> it's Here, so I'm going to type it into Google and we're going to see the first thing that top pops up. Okay. No okay. one likes artichokes. Yeah. Everybody okay. loves ravioli. No, I mean, ravioli is great. Exactly. Okay, Okie dokie, artichoke is a song. Okie dokie, ravioli <laughs> is... It, it's a saying. <laughs> seemingly for basketball? I typed in oh. okie dokie, ravioli, and it's, like, just basketball videos with, like, no views. There you go. I'm hip with the basketball people. <laughs> Sure you are. <laughs> Did you ever play if basketball? We make merch. Have I ever played basketball? Have you met me? Yeah, I mean, I'm trying to imagine you playing a sport. Can't even walk into a wall without fucking dying. <laughs> Do you intentionally walk into walls? What a strange thing to say. <laughs> you- okay. Anyways. <laughs> Everyone, if you could please keep Steph in your thoughts and prayers, because her mind is not what it used to be. <laughs> oh, oh, Lord. Okay. Well, guys, uh, we're on episode two of our marathon. Um, mm-hmm. I keep saying marathon as though we're, like, doing anything strenuous. We're just sitting and talking for the day, which is, like, yeah. chilling pretty normal. Yeah. <laughs> this is just an average <laughs> Sunday. Um, so, Stephanie. Uh, yes. I have brought you here today. Oh no. Uh, to make you suffer. Oh, fuck. So, before I get started, I want to thank the New England Society for Psychic Research, specifically tonyspera.com, because that's uh, the source I used for this uh, story. Yeah. And today, we're going to be talking about uh, the subject of many movies uh, mentioned in my favorite horror series, The Conjuring series. If you haven't seen the first one, like, what are you doing? It's a great horror movie. Um, I haven't seen it. Yeah, you get scared, so I don't include you in that. <laughs> okay. I just assume. Um, someday I will get staff to watch Paranormal Activity and we will live stream it. I've seen the first one and I got nauseous because they moved the camera too much. Okay. Remind me that we can't go on cruises. We'll stick to all inclusives. Okay. Well, today we are talking about Annabelle. Uh. Steph, do you want to tell the listeners why you have that reaction to Annabelle? Because we're fucking getting cursed. (laughs) If 2020 hasn't gotten me, then I think we're like, okay. Also... For those of you who haven't seen the Conjuring series or like otherwise aren't familiar with Annabelle, she's currently locked in a box that has like, like all sorts of like holy stuff on it. Go and cleanse your space right now. Pause, go and cleanse, 
and then re-cleanse after. Do whatever you need to do to cleanse, but, you know. As a great podcast once said, aka ATWWD, mm-hmm. um, when in doubt, sage it out. Yes. Anyways. Um, <sighs> okay. So I'm going to take you through the whole, like, history of Annabelle. So okay. for those of you who don't know, Annabelle uh, is a Raggedy Ann doll. And she is a spicier than average Raggedy Ann doll because by and large, like, they're just like, I don't know, it's like a plushie, like with a very, like, friendly looking face mm-hmm. and a triangular red nose and like, I don't know, happy expression. So in 1970, um, a woman bought a Raggedy Ann doll from an antique dealer and her daughter, uh, who's going to be the recipient, was it was a birthday present for her and her daughter was also like approaching graduation from college with a nursing degree so smart gal um making her way in the world mom was like i know what my adult daughter will like a doll um like why i don't know people like stuff one don't get like antiques should not be gifts don't do it and two like why would you give her a doll so Steph says that I love antiques, so feel free to buy me. <laughs> I'm not scared. I have yes. no fear. My cottage has these like beautiful. So my cottage is old, but it has these like beautiful doors uh, that go out to the porch, and they have this. They like, are very nice. They're very nice, and they have like a cranking mm-hmm. uh, doorbell, and I want to steal them from my mother and father, <laughs> great daughter, <laughs> and put like stained glass in them. Anyways, I love antiques. I'm I'm digressing. Um. So anyways, her daughter Donna uh, was graduating with a nursing degree from college and is getting a raggedy end doll from her mom. So uh, Donna is living with a girl named Angie, uh, a roomies. Angie's also um, an educated and clever gal. So Donna's like, this is a great gift. I'm going to put it on my bed as a decoration and like just really didn't put much thought into it. Um, however pretty quickly like within a few days Don and Angie noticed that things were a little off um specifically with the doll so it started off like and oh my god if you've listened to the demonic possessions episode like this should be clicking the doll starts to like move around the house and like starts off like starts off slow like just like small movements like kind of adjusting like the way it would be sitting or like suddenly like she'd leave it like lying down and be sitting up or like it would have like one arm in one position and it would they come back into the room and it would be a different position and yada yada but as things do with hauntings when you pay attention to them they escalate so um as time went on the movement became more noticeable so like they come home and like Anna will be in a fucking different room Okay, like, the second that happens, it's gone. <laughs> just, like, I wouldn't give it a chance to progress. Like, you move, you're out. Yeah. Clearly, yeah. you want to leave the house. I am helping you leave. You're out. <laughs> yeah, done. <laughs> I'm going to move you to the front fucking door, my friend. Um, <laughs> so, like, it says, like, on the historical website, like, uh the doll would be found with legs crossed, arms folded. Other times we found upright, standing on its feet. Okay, keep in mind, this is oh, like a stuffed gross. animal thing. Like, that, it shouldn't be able to do that. Um, Donna would also, like, often leave the doll 
on the couch when she'd like go to work and would come back to find the doll back in her room with the door closed, like on the bed as if it was like taking a nap. Like it was like, listen, I was watching TV earlier. Get rid of it. <laughs> Honestly. So <laughs> of course continues to progress. Um, so Annabelle, Annabelle was also an educated young lady. Uh, so she not only like gallivanted about the house, she was also literate. She could write with her little like club stuffed hands. So um, about a month into this whole shebang, Don and Angie started to find notes from Annabelle and they would be on parchment paper and they would say either help us or help Lou. And the handwriting Lulu. looked like the hand... Lulu? No, not my Lulu, <laughs> who has fortunately gone to sleep. Um, but the handwriting looked like it was a kid's handwriting. Uh, so gross. Yeah. And like, what's my favorite part of all this is like, they were always on parchment paper. Donna and Angie never kept parchment paper in their house. Yeah, I'm sorry, but I really don't like them. Well, maybe like, they just like I don't know. They didn't know better. Oh, you didn't know better. Your fucking doll is moving around, and then you have supplies in your house that you didn't have before. Like, no. Be like, oh man, my doll's going shopping for us. How helpful. Just fucking get rid of it. Yep, I'm angry. <laughs> it's okay. It continues. Oh, great. So, one night, Donna came back and she found the doll had, of course, uh, relocated itself. And this time it was on her bed. So this was like, <laughs> for them, like very mundane. Like they just expected Annabelle was like fucking around the house. But this time she was like, the vibe was different. Like something was off. And she felt this like wave of fear wash over her. And the doll, when she looked at it, it looked like it had blood drops on the back of its hands and chest. And... From like seemingly from nowhere, this like liquid, this like crimson liquid appeared on the doll. And this is what it took for Donna and Angie to be like, maybe we should get some assistance in this matter. Ugh. So they contacted a medium. And yeah, question. <laughs> yes. So it was just the two of them living together. They didn't have somebody else there. No, it was just the two of them. Cause the whole so the whole time they're like my they were okay with their doll being possessed, or did they yeah, think they were... someone was fucking with them? Well, I think they just like I don't know I don't know it doesn't really say and I wasn't there I don't know what they thought. <sighs> you should. <laughs> well, I don't know. Okay, you have to ask them. They're probably still alive. Well, they're probably born. Like, if it was like the nineteen if nineteen seventy she was graduating she was probably what like twenty two. So 1950, she's probably around 70. Just send, find her email. Be like, sure. hey, Donna, what the fuck? What the fuck? <laughs> Donna, Donna, if you're listening, Donna, what the fuck? <laughs> Anyways, um, okay, so continue. they were like, the solution here is to contact a medium. <laughs> uh, so at this point, they have a seance. So they just swing that door right open. <laughs> yeah, not helping, but okay. Anyways, uh, and this is where they are introduced to what identifies itself as the spirit of Annabelle Higgins. 
Oh, it's got a last name. Fancy. Yeah, Annabelle has a whole like life. So the story of Annabelle uh, is basically relayed to them by the medium, and she explains that Annabelle was a little girl who lived on the property like long before there were ever apartments there, and there, and like she was only seven years old when her body was discovered, like on the field where the comp like the apartments now were that's sad i know and i guess like through the medium the spirit was like i just like i feel loved with you guys i feel comforted by you guys so donna and angie were like oh so that's okay you can stay with us you can you can stay within the doll and we will have you as part of our little household it's a demon so yeah no guys uh if you i mean like i have mixed feelings on this oh but um don't invite things in don't be like you're welcome here that's not big mistake that's how vampires go in i've watched vampire diaries (laughs) (laughs) through watching twilight i'm now uh an expert in these matters yeah um (laughs) so uh as you may expect uh this is not uh, necessarily true. So um, Don and Angie also have this friend named Lou. Uh, Lou basically had always gotten like a weird vibe from the doll and was like, this is Fuck yeah, Lou. Yeah. Yeah. Lou's like not into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and had like on more than one occasion been like, Donna, this shit's evil. You need to get rid of it. <laughs> like, shout out to Lou for being the voice of reason here. Um, but Donna like felt very like she fell for the doll because like I don't know, it was saying it was this like dead child who died in the era seven. Okay, no. And basically disregarded Lou being like, fucking get the shit out of here. Uh, so one night Lou, I guess, was staying there. I couldn't tell if Lou was like a friend visiting or if they were a third roommate. Okay. I feel like they were friend visiting because like it always said that it was just Donna and Angie. But anyways, uh, Lou woke one night and was like fucking panicked. He like started having these like recurring bad dreams, but this time it was super different. And it, he basically describes it as sleep paralysis. Like he's like awake but can't move. Mm-hmm. so he looked around the room and like everything looked normal until he looked down towards his feet Aww. and Annabelle was there and it slowly moved up his legs over his chest and then it stopped That's and so then gross. it started strangling him Oh! and he then blacked out Oh, shit. So he woke up the next morning. Thank goodness. Mm -hmm. But he was like absolutely fucking positive. It was not a dream. He's like, this fucking doll is trying to kill me. I love that the doll was also leaving notes saying like, protect Lou or help Lou. (laughs) It's probably just like trying to be like, I love Lou. Don't listen to me. Protect him. I'm going to kill him in a week. Yeah, protect him (laughs) from me. Uh, so Lou was like, I'm going to do something about this. So I think Lou actually must have been a roommate. Because he's like, I'm getting the sh- I'm gonna- He's like, I'm going to rid of it myself. 
Um, I'm gonna rid of the spirit possessing it because at this point they don't realize how insidious this really is. Mm -hmm. So, uh, preparing for so they were gonna go on a road trip the next day. Lou and Angie were reading over maps alone in her apartment. Maybe he wasn't a roommate. I can't tell. And Angie, if you're listening, I think that if he like, was a roommate though, like Annabelle would have not stayed there over a week. Like yeah, he would have gotten like, that shit. Damn. I feel like they're saying it's a friend. I feel like he was probably dating one of them. Oh, secret lover. Yeah, so preparing for a road trip, like, so he and Angie are reading over maps alone in her apartment, so I feel like maybe he was dating Angie, but the apartment was, like, right. super quiet. Until uh, there started to, like, sounds starting to come from Donna's room, and they thought someone had broken into the apartment. So Lou was like, I'll check this shit out. So he waited for the sound to stop, and then he like went into the room and turned on the light and the room was empty except Annabelle was like tossed on the floor in the corner and Lou like looked around but like and looked for signs of like someone breaking in but nothing was out of place and as he got close to the doll he felt like something was behind him watching him so he turned around to look and no one was there. And then suddenly he like felt this incredible pain in his chest and like hunched over in pain. And he was suddenly cut and bleeding. Oh shit. And his, like blood started to like soak through his shirt. And then when he looked in his shirt, there were seven distinct claw marks on his chest. There were three vertically and four like across. And they were all like mm. hot burns. And then What's even crazier is the scratches healed like pretty much like right away. And then by like a day or two, they were completely gone. Oh no. So finally, Donna is like open to the fact that it's not like a little girl in the She is not a good friend. Yeah, Donna, what the fuck? Donna, if you're listening, yeah. Donna, did you learn your lesson? It's Why did it take Lou getting friend. hurt? She'll listen to Lou. Yeah. Lou is like out here. So finally, Donna's like, oh, maybe this is a demon. So after Lou's experience <laughs> of getting fucked up, she was like, I'm going to get real advice from a real expert as opposed to just like inviting shit in. And she went to uh, an Episcopal, <laughs> Episcopal, wow, that was hard to say, um, <laughs> priest named Father Hegan. Father Hegan is like, this shit's fucked. Uh, I didn't say that because he's a father um, and he was like I'm going to go up the rungs in the church so he then contacted Father Cook and Father Cook uh, knew some people named the Warrens there we so go. we'll have to talk about the Warrens like later on because they were like if you're into the paranormal stuff which clearly we are because we have a podcast us no, <laughs> us, no. <laughs> named Ed and Lorraine Warren mm -hmm. and they were very famous uh people of the demonic fighting type mm -hmm. some movies which are really good um anyways um they were like this is really interesting oh dear <laughs> oh dear <laughs> um so they reached out to donna right away um so the warrens then came and met with donna and angie and lou and were immediately like uh this is a fucking non-human spirit this is not good and they basically explained like spirits do not possess inanimate object like houses or toys they possess people but inhuman presences can attach themselves to a place or object 
which is basically this whole situation. So they're like, this is not a human. This is not, this is not Gucci. So they basically explained that like, whatever it was had manipulated them through the doll in order to like make it have human characteristics so that they would like be empathetic towards it and more open towards it. So this, this like presence was not like its plan was never to stay attached to the doll. It was actually looking for a human host. Mm-hmm. So it was by the time they came into contact with them, it was in the infestation stage of demonic possession. Oh shit. So they explained it would have been moving around the apartment by teleportation to like kind of like make them curious. Then of course, like when they fucked up and got a medium to communicate with it, the demon was like now able to actually like take advantage of like the vulnerable Build a internal rapport. instincts. Yeah. And it like basically like tugged at their heartstrings to make it seem harmless mm-hmm. and like make it seem this is like this sad little girl. And of course was then given permission to fucking take up residency in the apartment. So, oh my God, it was crazy. So it basically like, now that it had the like ability to like leave notes and have like attacking. So like it, they they explained that like the way it attacked Lou, it was leaving behind the mark of the beast. Mm -hmm. And so they also explained that like had these whole thing gone on for like two, two or three weeks, it would have probably gone to the full stage of possession. And and it would have harmed or like fully killed one or all of the people living in the apartment. Insane. So no words. Yeah. So by the end of their investigation, the Warrens were like, yeah, we need to have like an exorcism blessing done by Father Cook to cleanse the apartment. Uh, because this is too messed. And at Donna's request, and to make sure like the like this never happened again in the home, the Warrens actually took the Raggedy Ann doll with them when they left. So it continues actually. Ah. So <laughs> Father Cook, obviously, like so he was the one who contacted the Warrens for them. Mm-hmm. Even though he doesn't like, he wasn't, I guess, like very confident in his perform, like as an exorcist, but he did agree to perform the exorcism um, in the apartment. Okay. So this made the Warrens pretty, like, pretty sure that the, like, whatever, like this demon would no longer, like, take up residency there. And of course, as mentioned, they did take the doll back with them. Uh, so when they, so Ed, I guess, like, Ed Warren put the doll in the backseat of the car, and he would not take the interstate, just in case the spirit still was in the doll, (laughs) so it wouldn't, like, (laughs) fucking drive them into traffic or something. And it turns out his, like, concern was well-founded, uh, because in pretty much no time, the doll started fucking acting a fool. I say the doll, it was whatever the demon was inside it. Mm -hmm. Uh... (laughs) The, like, doll made the power steering fail, made the brakes fail, the car would, like, swerve. Uh, and so Ed, I guess, while driving, had to reach into the back seat and do his, like, 
special bag of tricks and like douse the doll with holy water with the sign of the cross. That's just Ed who couldn't drive. He's like, no, no, it's the doll. It's the doll. Yeah, so Ed's I mean, like, I'm not. A, I'm a good driver. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> but I guess like that worked, and the doll stopped fucking acting up, and they got home safely. Okay. So once they got home, uh, Ed put Annabelle in a chair next to his desk, and the doll would levitate in it. <laughs> just just watch. Get rid of it. Well, because they so they have this whole. Um, well, they're both. They've both since passed away, but they basically had this room full of like demonic possessed Please. objects because mm -hmm. I guess if you like destroy the object it can free the entity up so because they had like safeguards in order to like prevent things from leaving that room or like otherwise fucking around they felt it was better to keep them rather than like because they were experts rather than put okay. other people at risk by letting them out hmm. which like good for them because I'd be like yeah. no thanks <laughs> um uh and yeah the doll would also just like get all feisty whenever like clergymen would come over <laughs> so uh one example they give is i guess this guy named uh father jason bradford came over and he was a catholic exorcist so he came into the house and saw the doll like in the chair and picked it up and was like you're just a rag doll annabelle you can't hurt anyone and threw the doll back in the chair which made Ed Warren basically say, that's one thing you better not say. And one hour later, uh, Jason Bradford, Father Bradford was leaving. And Lorraine, his wife, was like, you need to call me. Like, when you get home safe, you have to drive safely. And a few hours later, Father Jason did call and explain to Lorraine. And Lorraine was, like, a very, like, prolific medium. Like, she was able to, like, see into the future a little bit. Okay. Uh, he was like, yeah, my brakes failed as he was entering a busy intersection <laughs> and he was involved in a near fatal accident. So it almost oh destroyed his vehicle. So uh, the Warrens ended up having a special case built for the doll and uh, she's still there because it's now an occult museum in like the house they formerly lived in. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> um she's never left her case and she hasn't moved since being inside it, which is lovely, but um, they do like, it's, it's suspected that Annabelle is responsible for the death of a young man who actually visited the museum. Okay. Um, so he and his girlfriend went to the museum on a motorcycle. And after hearing Ed Warren's like story of the doll, I guess like went up to the case that the doll was in and started banging on it. And was like, if the doll can put scratches on people, then he also wanted to be scratched. And Ed was like, yeah, buddy, you got to go and kicked him out. And on the way home, this like guy and his girlfriend were just like razzing the doll and making fun of it. Mm -hmm. And then he lost control of his motorcycle and went headfirst into a tree. Oh and that killed him instantly. Um, his girlfriend did survive, but she was in the hospital for like a year. And here we are um, talking about it. Thanks a lot, Em. She can't hear us. Um, she anyways. Is. Yeah, so that's the story of Annabelle. I hated it. Hated every second of it. Oh, I'm so glad. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Yeah, I find it like 
very fascinating. Like, as you guys should all know, like, I'm I'm a skeptic, but uh, fascinating stuff. Yeah. I just don't, like, don't fuck with those things. Like, if your doll starts moving, get rid of it. Don't be like, oh, let's <laughs> uh, see. No, just get rid of it. Yeah, fun and doubt. Kick that shit out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. All Staff, right. Then. I know I told you that your birthday present isn't arriving until, like, so for those who don't know, it was Steph's birthday uh, yesterday. Yes. Um, and uh, I ordered her a Raggedy Ann doll. Oh, I'm just stuck. kidding. I did not. Could you imagine? <laughs> uh, you so uh, heinous. I would never. Uh, maybe it's like a joke gift, but it'd have to be like a brand new one. Anyways. Yeah. I'll soak it yeah, in like tea bags so it looks very ancient. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> Like, nope. No, I wouldn't do it to Sylvie. I wouldn't bring a doll like that into her house. Yeah. Don't fuck with Sylvie. Yeah, Syl's my girl. My OG. What you got for me, buddy? So today we are visiting the Fairmont Banff Spring Hotel. Uh, okay, so I've always wanted to go there. It's so fucking so beautiful. So beautiful. So the uh, hotel is located in Alberta, Canada. Uh, its nickname is the Castle in the Rockies. It is this gorgeous, gorgeous hotel. Uh, it does kind of look like a castle, and it's surrounded by the mountains and absolutely beautiful. It was built in 1988 as one of the earliest Canada's Grand Rail Railway Hotel. Uh, so, like I said, it's in Banff, uh, Alberta, and it was it is a UNESCO World Heritage Site. So the Banff Spring Hotel is extremely famous, not only because of how, like, its grandeur and how beautiful it is, but also had, throughout its history, a lot of high-status guests. So the royal family has been there, Barack Obama, Steven Spielberg, Marilyn Monroe, like, loads of people, notable people have been there. However, as much as its famous guests are some of the, the guests that people talk about, the more famous guessers are the ones that have never checked out. Oh, ominous. Mm. Also, for the record, <laughs> the only royal family that matters to me are the Obamas. <laughs> for a second, I thought you were going to say the Kardashians because you're obsessed with them. I was like, no. I'm I not. find them fascinating. That is absolutely true. <laughs> I will not deny it. But no, um, the Obamas, tr North America, if they have a royal family, that's yeah. them. The James family, LeBron and his wife, number two. Anyways, carry on. <laughs> um, so one thing with the uh, so hotel staff and management are very quick to tell everyone that it is not, that it is, it is not haunted, sorry. Um, but there are a bajillion ghost stories and there's now some like tourism link to it that people who want to go see the famous stories, uh, they go and check out the hotel. Uh, so to start off, I went on this, I found this really cool website called taximike.com and there's a section that's called paranormal and that's where people just like write in their own experiences and from, I just took like general stuff. So people have said that they would be, they would get woken up in, in the middle of the night by people playing with their feet, which is disgusting. Ew. I know. Uh, <laughs> the door handles and the rooms, which all just start rattling inexplicably. Doors would slam with force. Um, they're so so like I kind of like the story. 
there's a man that sits at the bar and he just like screams at people and then he just like <laughs> vanishes. <laughs> Perfect. It's like Pub 101. Yeah. Oh. Um, but yeah, so if you go on that website, there's like loads of stories. It's very interesting. So I'm going to go through the famous claims uh, and I have about, I think we have a total of five uh, either notable areas or ghosts that haunt the Fairmont Bamp Spring Hotel. Mm. So to start off with her first claim, uh, it is one that you see in the lobby. So in the main lobby, one night a night cleaner saw a man that was reading the newspaper and he was dressed in this formal older attire. Uh, the, the cleaner thought he was a wedding guest who he assumed that the guy got lost and he was just kind of waiting around for someone to come and find him. Because the apparently how the hallways are made from like the the ballrooms and all that, like it is amazing. It's easy to get lost in there. So he decided to go help the man find his way back to the wedding reception. The cleaner asked the man if he needed help, but the man ignored him. He got up from his chair, folded his newspaper, and at full speed ran straight at the cleaner and passed right <gasps> through him. Cleaner obviously shocked, turned around, and saw that he was completely alone in that empty hallway. Like, and <laughs> okay, not even because it's a ghost, but if like someone starts <laughs> fucking rushing you, that's terrifying. Uh, and apparently, people have there's been other stories where people have seen this man just reading a newspaper and they like went up to ask him for directions and they will look down and the man didn't have feet. Um, so he's he's there, just not fully there. Um, yeah. So that's the main lobby. Russian people. <laughs> oh my god. So my next story. It is one of the most famous stories of the Fairmont Bamp Spring Hotel, and is the story of the ghost bride. So the story goes that there was a bride that, as she, it, she was fully dressed in her white gown and veil and she was walking down the grand marble staircase and as she went down she tripped she mm -hmm. fell on the stairs and died some version of the stories her she tripped because her veil and dress uh it hit the candles that were lined lining the stairs and everything caught on fire while there's other versions that she just tumbled to her death Oh my god. So yeah, I know, very sad. So quite often she is seen going up and down the stairs. She has also been seen in the ballroom at night dancing around. Um, so you will often catch glimpses of her. People say that she's still haunting the hotel and looking for a groom and replaying the day that she never had. Um and then on the blog I mentioned, there's actually a couple that interacted with the ghost bride. So basically, the they were saying that they were walking down the stairs and the, the, the woman of the couple, she felt all of a sudden she tripped and she tripped to a speed where like it would have been very detrimental the way she would have. She, there was no way that she could stop herself. But all of a sudden, she felt someone grab her and completely pull her up and straight. She turned around. Her fiance was down the stairs already. He was looking at her in horror. And there's no one near her to catch her. 
So they Aww. think it was the ghost ride that was looking out for her and saved her. That's so, so sweet. Yeah. I know. She's like, I don't want anyone else to go through this. Yeah, you know, welcome. She's like, the, these are my stairs. Go hunt other stairs. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Only I can hunt. <laughs> if you can trip on other stairs, that would be fantastic. Yeah, that would be much appreciated. But like legit, shout out to the ghost ride. That's so nice. I know. Looking out. Next one, uh, this claim. So the next claim is on the second floor. Uh, in the ladies' powder room, there used to be a large organ mirror, uh, but it had to be replaced by management because there's way too many claims that the mirror was actually haunted. So if you go in the ladies' powder room, it won't be that mirror. Maybe, maybe not. It's apparently it's not there anymore. Um, so some people claim that when they were looking in the mirror, what they saw looking back at them wasn't them. Um, they either saw a completely different face or they would see someone standing close behind them and then they would turn around and be completely alone. That is my nightmare. I know, it's disgusting. Like, uh, the rumor, the mirror, like I said, had been like been removed. No one knows where it is, if it's still in the hotel, if it's gone, no one knows. Um, but there's no like story that did it back to the mirror, like why that would cause it. Uh, but one thing that you would, that people now say is that even with the mirror gone, that room itself still has a very strange and like mysterious atmosphere. So the ghosts are still there. You just can't what see would you them. Stephanie, what would you do if you turned around and there was a ghost in the mirror? I would turn back around and leave the building and never come back. If it was in your house? <sighs> I would leave for the moment, come back when there's more people in the house, and then I would, like, fucking cleanse it. I would get rid of the mirror. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Did you watch YTV when you were a kid? Yes. Why? Do you remember the commercial that would be on at, like, 8 o'clock at night? And it was, no. like, literally for, like, one of their... I think it was, like, for their Scary Stories TV show. And it was like this girl and she was looking in the mirror and she would turn away and her face would like stay there and it would be like this like really malicious smile. No. I'm gonna find that. It must be on YouTube. I'll send it to you. No, thank you. In our stories. It's the fucking worst. I used to like <laughs> hide behind a pillow and it would come on at night. The only commercial I remember from when I was younger is that uh, mini hippo. Oh, the house hippo? Yeah, I love that. My friends Nick and Jenny have a puppy who looks like a house hippo, and I call her oh. Tuna, the house hippo. She's so cute. <laughs> oh, that was the only commercial I remember. North American house hippo. I love that. We <laughs> find that one and post that on our stories. We'll post, post both. both. We'll do yes. a poll. Which do you remember most? It's going to be the house hippo because that's iconic. <laughs> but that's okay. Uh, so yeah, so that was one of the powder rooms. We don't know which one, but you know, go and test them out if you go there. See where you get haunted. Cool. <laughs> On to room 873. So it is rumored that guests would get woken up in the middle of the night by blood curdling screams. And when they would turn the lights on, they don't there's no cause, like they couldn't see why. Or who was screaming, but sometimes there would be bloody handprints all over the walls. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
and no matter what housekeeping then, they would keep showing up. <laughs> but okay. the worst, the absolute worst thing about these belly handprints is that they would be the size of a small child. Oh, that's sad. So there is a story, a very sad story that connects to room eight. That is rumored to be connected to what happens in room 873. Um, there is a suspected murder where a family father, uh, they checked in one day and that night something happened where he murdered his child and wife. Oh. It's a rumor. We don't know if it's true or not, uh, but that is the story that connects um, that, that room. One thing to note, too, is that room 873 has now been, been completely sealed off. Uh, the door has been walled up as well. So you can't see it. Uh, and they, th the hotel manager says that it was renovated to expand another room. But then most people are like, no, it's because of the bloody handprints and the screaming. Uh, yeah. We don't know. The one thing, though, that is so interesting about that room is that even if you stay on the eighth floor, even if it's not there, there is some activity where the room used to be. So sometimes people would see a childlike apparition that would be walking around the hallways. You would hear things um, that if it was just was a wall, wouldn't make sense. So right. still some stuff happening, but we don't know what. Hmm. And now, so this is a very short story to have for you guys, but I save the absolute best for last. Our very, very last claim is Sam the Bellman. Um, guests and staff will not stop talking about Sam the Bellman as he is known as one of the most helpful staff on site. The one thing to know about Sam is that he passed away in 1975. Okay. <laughs> Dedicated to the job. Corporations are like, do you have that kind of dedication? Will you still be here behind the grave? So the Sam the Bellman is believed to be Sam McCauley, who was the head Bellman in the 60s and the 70s. Um, people said that he, Sam, absolutely loved his job and had always said that once he died, he would haunt the hotel, which apparently he is doing good on. Sam. <laughs> so people will often see Sam in his old office, who, which is now a guest room. So they'll see him just chilling at a desk and he's just there in their rooms. Um, but then the best thing is that a lot of time guests have actually been helped by Sam. There's one story where this, these clients, they were locked out of their rooms and they kept calling the bellman office. Uh, but the actual living bellman had been busy at the time, so he couldn't come to help them. And 15 minutes later, he finally has a chance to go to the room. He goes to the room and the guests are inside. So he knocks on the door, asks them. He's like, oh, like you, you guys are fine. What happened? And they're like, oh, yeah, the older gentleman helped us enter a room. The older bellman. And, he's like, and he was the only one on staff at the time. <laughs> so Sam. <laughs> so Sam helped them. Um. So the Belmont, of course, and Shaw kind of asked them to describe who this older gentleman was, because then he's like, maybe someone has keys that they should have. Yeah. And the, the guest described Sam to a T. It was exactly him. 
Sam has also been known to heal help guests with their luggage. Uh, he will uh, open. He is also attributed to the elevator opening and closing all the time randomly. Um, so he does all those things. Uh, he will also give them directions. He'll turn the lights on and off. Like he's just super helpful. The one notable or not not best thing about Sam is that so most of the time he'll talk to guests and he'll give them direction, then he'll just walk away mid-direction, mid-conversation. <laughs> a lot of other times when people try to tip him or talk about anything, he'll just vanish right in front of them. And that's how they know that Sam wasn't actually a real person. Sam, you little minx. That's Sam the Bellman. I love him. Yeah. I've never met someone named Sam who I didn't just love. I know. They're the best. All, like, if your name is Sam, I guarantee you I like you. <laughs> like, I guarantee it. Mm. Yeah. But that was, that. so like I said, very, very short. Those were the most notable claims. Um, I'm not going to list all my resources, but I do have a list of them if anyone wants to know where I got my information. Um, but that was it for me. Very short and sweet. I loved it. Sam, Sam, if you're listening, Sam, you don't need to, you don't need to keep mm -hmm. working. You've earned your rest. Don't capitalism so is taking advantage of you. You're so cute. <laughs> go, like go to like, go, go live your afterlife with fun. Awesome. Don't you have grandkids or something? I don't know. Sam. He needs the same attitude as the lobby man. Just say, he really chill, does. chill there or the guy in the bar. Just go have a drink, scream at people, and then fuck off. Which is like, isn't that what we all want? Yeah. After we cross. <laughs> That's what I want. I want to just show up at bars, drink, and yell at people. Yeah. That just, sounds you know, like the dream. Chill. Do you? Yeah, do you? 100%. Don't leave bloody handprints. That's not necessary. Yeah, no, that's not cute. That's also not nice to, like, the people who are working really hard to keep this hotel clean. Like, yeah. you don't deserve that. No. Yeah, be considerate. Yeah, there's, like, so many more, like, there's some security guards that are saying, like, they'll see stuff on, like, the security cameras. And, like, there's so many stories that, like, if you just went on that one, like, Taxi Mike website, there's thousands of blog posts. But super interesting site. We should That's go. so cool. Yeah, we will. We'll have to make a little <laughs> list of haunted places to visit and suffer. Yes. Mm -hmm. Well, I won't. You will. <laughs> We'll get our side-by-side -side queen bends and I'll be like peacefully <laughs> sleeping and you'll be like, like blankets pulled up to your nose. Like this is the worst. I'm going to have Sam help me and then the lobby man will come at you. So you <laughs> keep saying you Sam and I keep, thinking of, I keep thinking of Sam Britton. <laughs> Just, like, she would help you too. Like that's the thing. She'd be like, okay. <laughs> Sam, if you're listening, we love you. Mm -hmm. All Sams. Well, that's so that's good. It. All right. On to the next episode. See mm -hmm. you there, guys. Bye. And remember, remember to like and subscribe. Uh, and the leave us a good rating on iTunes. Yeah, don't leave something shitty. You don't want that. <laughs> if you do, we'll send 2020 after you. The yeah. year, not even the, not even the demon. <laughs> Just kidding. We'll send our VID. VID, not even our VIG. She's not going to water your flowers. She's got no, other things to do. No. <laughs> bye bye thank you for listening to creepy vibes only 
You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook by searching for Creepy Vibes Only Podcast. We absolutely appreciate and love your support, and you can do so by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts and subscribing to the show wherever you listen. If you wish to get in touch with us, you can send us an email at cvopodcast at gmail.com or leave us a voice message on our podcast's page on Anchor. We will talk to you in two weeks. Bye!